Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. And now, hands-on history with Heather. Hello, everyone. I am Heather Darcy from Tudor's Dynasty, and I am here for my very first episode of Hands-On History. And today we have with us Brigitte Webster, who is an experimental food historian, and she's passionate about Tudor history, and she runs the Tudor and 17th century experience from her home in Norfolk, a manor built by Sir Edward Chamberlain in around 1500. Welcome, and thank you so much for being with us. Hey, well, I'm pleased to be your very first guest then. (laughs) And this is the home that you have. It's a grade one listed building. Is that right? That's correct, yes, uh, because it has so many original features in place, and that makes it a grade one building, which is a lot rarer than the grade two buildings. What are some of the rare features in the home? Uh, Well, probably the first one that you would get to see when you come and visit is our front door, which still is the original front door, uh, that was put in in around 1500. Oh it's goodness. massive, it's oak, uh, linen fold. And yeah, I think it's probably what sold me right from the start when we first came to this place. But we have also original ceilings, uh, fireplaces, um, tiles on the floor, uh, beams, you name it, uh, But one is probably the most exciting one for Tudor historians, and that's we also have original Elizabethan wall paintings. Oh, my goodness. Could you tell us more about those? Yeah, sure. The design is basically uh, black teardrops on a light background, and they feature in something uh, that's called uh, Father Richard's chapel and um it's it's been there for a long long time so it's not something that we have just discovered but what we have discovered very very uh, recently is the significance of those because you walk in and you think oh how nice uh to the wall paintings teardrops how pleasant and then people start questioning well what is it why teardrops And it was when my husband took a photograph of those teardrops and then had it printed on cloth, because you might know, or other other people listening, that in Tudor England, people who couldn't afford tapestry on their walls to keep everything a bit warmer in the winter, usually used printed cloth. So we thought, well, we have that one wall with those beautiful wall paintings. The other three walls in that room are not 
uh, as good as that particular one. But we thought, well, if it, we take a picture and have um, cloth printed with that same design, people get a better idea of what that room once looked like. So we did that. Uh, I put it on a social media and instantly it drew so much attention to it by experts of Tudor Indian to focus on um, Catholics in Elizabethan Indian. And they said to me, you know, this is really, really significant because what you have there is uh, a typical Roman Catholic design. In, in an Elizabethan room, you know, that's really, really rare. In fact, there's only one other place where that appears in a domestic setting, and that's Harvington Hall. And so they did a lot of research for me into it as well. And it, it, it just uh, turns out that uh, one of the grandsons of the person who built our place, he was a priest and he was ordained in, in the last years of Henry VIII. But then, obviously, by Elizabethan times, he wasn't allowed to conduct a mass in the old ways. Um, he was also the vicar in our local church. Wow. So you actually have. And this is where it gets really interesting. You have a priest who conducts a Protestant mass in the local church, and then he comes home to the family home, and he clearly conducts a Roman Catholic mass. Wow. And that uh, design on the wall shows us that they were committed Roman Catholics. But obviously, they wanted to stay under the radar. They were uh, what we call church papists. These were a group of people who were committed Roman Catholics in Elizabethan times. But unlike the places who had priest holes, this family wanted to keep it quiet they did not want any priest to come. They had their own priest here anyway. They didn't need another priest to come and conduct a mass. And so that is really, really a very recent discovery, the significance of that particular wall painting. Is that the most surprising thing you found so far? Uh, I think so, yes, because... You see, we, we've come from another Tudor building. Uh, so we know that when you start moving into an old building like this, you, you uncover all sorts of weird and wonderful things, uh, some more concerning than others. <laughs> so we knew we would find, you know, floorboards that would be held up by just air and you wonder, mm, <laughs> you know all about that. But to be able to make more sense out of something that's already there that to me is really really uh, surprising and exciting at the same time absolutely and what sparked your interest in maintaining Tudor Arab poems uh, it's probably something we fell into more than by choice uh, at our last place when we bought that 
we didn't really understand what it was all like, you know, living in an ancient home. But we we really loved it. We enjoyed it. Uh, and about four years ago, uh, a picture of this house appeared on my husband's computer screen out of the blue. And he was instantly drawn into the pictures. And he called me over and said, oh, look at this. You know, isn't that wonderful? A little, a, a small Tudor manor. Oh, just, 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 just the type of house we've always been dreaming about. And I took a look and I thought, yeah, oh gosh, yeah, mm, fantastic. But no, we're not wasting anybody's time. And behind my back, you know, silly husband, <laughs> he made an appointment to see this place here anyway. Um, and I was given the choice, he can either come or stay. Well, needless to say, I, I came. And um, when we arrived, even before we set foot into the building, we knew instantly we've come home. Um and it just feels the right sort of background to what we are about. My husband and I, thankfully, we share the same passion, and that's to, to bring to the history closer to people. Uh, with my teaching background, I'm always after giving people an experience to, to see, feel, uh, hear, and smell what history is all about uh, and this place just fits the bill you know all the furniture I have which I've been uh, over 20 years or so restoring sits so happily here and uh, then with my Tudor cookery you know it's just perfect I, I can be the perfect Tudor housewife here in this house <laughs> what's up what special training or skills did you have to learn or have you learned along the way? Well, that's the interesting thing because I have actually trained as a teacher uh, to teach not just cookery, but also embroidery, sewing, household management, uh, childcare, you name it. So I, in, in, in many ways, I have trained to be the perfect Tudor lady and housewife. Only at the time, I didn't realize that. And I do remember when I was young, I thought, why am I doing this? Why, 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 am, I, why am I doing all these weird um, subjects that nobody will want me to employ for? But I think it was destiny. I think it was meant to be. <laughs> and, and now it really helps because... Everything I do just feels so natural. It feels like I've been doing it for 500 years. So, yeah. And you, you're restoring a Tudor style or an Elizabethan style garden right now too, aren't you? Uh, I wouldn't say restore. Um, there would always have been a garden like that. But unfortunately, when it comes to Tudor gardens, None has survived, not a single one, not in England anyway, because so many fashions came and with a garden, you know, A, the plants don't survive, uh, they just die naturally, but also because people always changed gardens. But I've done a lot of research into what a Tudor garden would have looked like what plants they had available. And so I am recreating uh a Tudor, early Tudor knot garden and an Elizabethan knot garden. 
Oh. And one, yeah, and one of my <laughs> first lockdown projects in 2020 was to actually create from scratch um, a, a Tudor kitchen garden. And I had a whole year to just work away and uh, <laughs> like a slave, really. I did everything myself, but it was wonderful. And uh, so, so educating at the same time. Uh, and I love it. I just love it. What are your uh, most and least favorite parts about living in a Tudor-era building? Uh, right, least. There are not many. There are really not many that I don't like. But I think probably having to wash my hair kneeling down in the bath. <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably not having a single shower at the moment or haven't had one since we moved in that has um, a water pressure strong enough to wash your hair. <laughs> oh, What's your favorite part of being in a Tudor home? Uh, there are many, but I think it is watching the seasons come and share the same degree of pleasure and excitement about the same things that repeat each other every year for the past 500 years. Uh, whether that is watching the sun set over the medieval moat, which is absolutely extraordinarily beautiful. And, and people would have done that every single year for the past 500 years. Nothing would have changed uh, since then. Um, or whether it is sitting by the fire on a very uh, wet, uh, cold day at the end of all the chores being done, or even in the summer, you know, getting a, a glass of beer or something and sitting in the garden, enjoying the birds uh, sing. And yeah, it, it, it's just feeling what there always has been, and they would have enjoyed exactly the same experience. That's amazing. You know, that's, that's really amazing. I guess I've, we don't have that same type of experience here. It's maybe mm -hmm. it's 150 years where I am, but yeah, that's, that's quite something to, to take in, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and so many people don't think about it. Uh, even here in England, people don't think about that. These are the sort of events and occurrences that have not changed at all. They're still the same. We're still so happy about going out on a January's day and find the first flowers emerge. And then, um, okay, snowdrops. Well, we are not even sure whether snowdrops were around in Tudor England, but I believe that's just about when they started to uh, occur here in England. The amazement, oh, look, 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 there's another flower coming. Did you see it? You know, the things you share with children or your partner. That to me gets under my skin and makes me very happy. Yeah, absolutely. And are we is are we able to come visit you? Is your home open to the public? Um, yes. I mean, obviously, it is first and foremost a home. So we allow the public to come in on specific days when we have open afternoons, uh, and we also open it to people who specifically seek us out because they're just all mad about Tudor history. 
but obviously it needs to be pre-booked uh, because I don't want to stand in my underwear having people <laughs> knock at my door and saying, ah, oh, we've come to see you. So, yes, it is always open uh, because we are passionate about sharing Tudor history with people who, like us, are Tudor fanatics or just, uh, you know, like-minded. And how would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to come visit? Probably the best is to go on the website and then either send me an email or uh, we have obviously all the normal social media mm-hmm. where you can contact, contact me through as well. And it's the Tudor and 17th century experience? Yes, yes. And um, I think on Instagram, it's just a Tudor experience. Uh, and I think, oh, I don't even know, uh, on Twitter, I think it's uh, Tudor food recipe I work under. But yeah. What's the website? Name. What's your website? The Tudor and 17th century experience. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize that was also the website. Yeah. Yeah. Tudor experience. If you type in Tudor experience, it generally comes up as mine. <laughs> Great. Okay. And is there anything else you want to share with us about what it's like to live in or operate a Tudor home? Anybody who is thinking about buying a Tudor home, I would strongly advise if you haven't lived in an ancient building before, try and stay in one for a few days um, to get a feel because an ancient home feels different. The modern comforts are definitely not something they are strong on. But if you could, for instance, stay uh, at a, a weekend or um, some holiday in a, a cottage like that, it gives you a, a kind of feel what it is like. And the other thing is uh, maintaining an ancient building like this is costly. You forever spend a lot of money on just maintenance work um, or repair work nothing is easy nothing is straightforward even cleaning the windows in our case we have to for instance get a cherry picker lorry in to take us as high up that we need to clean the windows so nothing is straightforward (laughs) and you also can't change anything which is another um well another problem for for some people for us it isn't but as soon as you live in a listed building uh, you have to get consent and um, permission to change things but uh, quite frankly I think if you buy uh, or if you want to live in a building that old you, you want to keep it as it is you don't want to change it anyway well thank you so much for joining us today You're very welcome. Well, thank you very much for asking me to join you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty. 